welcome back, boys and girls, to another episode of K-Fabe Comparisons. My name is Mr. Know-It-All, Daniel John Schaefer, and today I am joined by one member of the K-Fabe crew, just one. It is Mr. Wex Breaking the Lawson. Bro, we're going to tag team this show, just a duo today. Uh, how you living over there, Wex? Oh, I'm living great, sipping on a brew right now, you know. And speaking of tag teams, we got a lot of tag team shit coming up. And Hell the yeah. first round of the Revive Pro Wrestling Fighting Spirit Tournament actually starts out in a tag team format. We mentioned all the entrants last week, and the first round is random drawed tag teams. Yeah, so and that's, uh, that's to, tonight as this episode, you know, well, you know this episode Saturday, on Saturday. So, yeah. Saturday, March the 13th, me and uh, the other fella jesse baker will be there on the call on the desk and it's gonna be a hell of a tournament first round random drawn tag teams second round you're gonna have to face that guy i'm pretty sure and it's gonna get pretty intense you gotta learn how to team and face opponents test all your skills in pro wrestling Ooh, i love that i love that and i dude we're gonna be talking about people that tested the skill level uh pretty much this whole show man these are Bangers of a show. Like, both of them are just phenomenal shows. This might be one of my favorite episodes I've done just because both shows were really, really good. So, honestly, it's going to be, like, it's going to be a lot of us, like, just fluffing, like, probably just, you know, talking about how great these these, these shows were. But at the same time, like, it makes a tight competition. Because, I I mean, just on the surface, it's NXT TakeOver Dallas from 2016 going up against last week's AEW Revolution pay-per-view. Man, that's a... It's a crazy kayfabe comparison. Wex, how do you feel about jumping and just going like five years back? It's just like a skip back, really. But that was a really good five years ago. That's like oh, for sure. the height. I feel like that's how big wrestling is now. That was like that was like it building to what it is now. It was that a was peak like moment the, for sure, yeah. Dude, I would actually I, say it was a little bit bigger in 2016 than it is now. But I, I don't know. May I don't know. It was really hype at that time. But I, I feel like now with AEW and more promotions like Impact, like – nationally i feel like it's getting more popular but i feel like for the hardcore fans it was way more hype back then you're right oh for sure yeah yeah yeah. i think so for sure um man i'm 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 interested to get to get into this too i mean obviously aew is always one of our favorite things to cover it's uh we don't always get these pay-per-views which makes them super special um so i'm really into it man but let's uh let's go ahead and dive right into aew revolution uh, this past Saturday, we'll touch on the buy-in just for a second. We all went over to Wex's place, and if you follow us on, on Instagram, you got to see our live reactions to some of the stuff. Uh, unfortunately, we aren't like verified yet. We're too much of babies on TikTok to like. We don't, I guess we haven't posted enough yet. I'm not sure, but they wouldn't let us go live because they're turds. So we ended up oh, being. We'd love live to go live Instagram. though, but we couldn't get as <laughs> live as we wanted to be live. But we were live. Live wire-ish. Um, man, the buy-in was kind of... It was what it was. The match was decent, but the women's division is honestly the worst booked women's division in all of professional wrestling, in my opinion. Uh, even though they've got some fantastic talent, like Britt Baker. It I don't know. The, the color-coded women's tag team battle. But yeah, it really was. It, they all looked like they were a faction, almost. It yeah. was a little weird. It was a little yeah, strange. What did you think but, about that buy-in? Uh, it was, yeah, like you said, it was pretty good. It is what it is. Some people, you know, the little the whole uh, Joshi wrestler Kwai thing, you know, it's not everybody's cup of tea, but it's it's enjoyable sometimes. And I'm I'm pretty hyped to see Maki Ito in there. And I, they obviously, I think at the end of that setup, I think they were setting up for a tag match that's going to be happening on Dynamite this week that will have already happened by the time you listen to this. Yeah, 
Yeah, I'm uh I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I don't know. I just feel like Britt Baker should be their number one person and the fact that you know, they booked yeah, what Britt they did. Baker and Thunder Rosa should not be on yes, the show. Absolutely not. Like what is happening here? Uh, I I don't know. Let's get into the main show though. Match number one on the card is MJF and Jericho versus the Young Bucks for the AEW tag team titles. And honestly, man, it might be the best match on the card. And that's saying a lot because this was a fantastic card. But I, I absolutely love the chemistry between Jericho and MJF. I think that, you know, and obviously the Bucks are one of, if not the best tag team in the business. Uh, I mean, there, there was a lot of really cool moments, a lot of really crisp work. Chris Jericho looked great here. Uh, you could almost see him kind of coaching MJF in the ring, too, which I thought was cool. I really liked their chemistry of that, like, kind of teacher-student thing. Uh, I think it's... Uh, they had some really spectacular false finishes in here, too, that made the match just really pull out the drama. I love that shout-out to the Motor City Machine Guns. Uh, man, the super kick party with the drool coming out of MJ's, MJF's mouth was just literally perfect. Like, I don't know if you could have planned that any better. It looked amazing. And honestly, you know, Jericho should have been the guy to take the pin here. He should have been the one to do the job uh, after the Meltzer driver. And it was great stuff, man. I really, really, really loved it. I gave it six beers, six whole beers, six pack. I, I absolutely loved, loved this match. Wex, what did you think about it, man? Well, coming from a young bucks, Mark over here, I didn't even go that heavy. I mean, I went pretty heavy, but not the full sixer, but dude, this was a fucking fantastic match. And even though they kind of really have different styles, the Young Bucks and the I don't know Y two MJF is what I keep calling them. Uh, yeah. They had a you know they work different styles, but it worked really great together and great moments as you were talking about the double suplex, double bird spot. That was yeah. brilliant. That was just classic. And the drool on the super kicks, like what I wrote down is MJF is a legend. Oh yeah, he is. He's straight up a legend. Man. Legendary. That that that's a legendary sale right there. And yeah. just his facials, like every like all of his facial expressions, everything. And we we're talking about the veteran prowess of Chris Jericho. At one point in the match, uh, Nick Jackson goes in for like it was the first attempt at the Meltzer driver. Yeah. But I think they were kind of off, like what yeah. they were gonna set up, and he just kind of landed on his ass. And Y2J straight grabbed his legs and just r- went right into the walls of Jericho. I don't think that was planned. And even though it might have been a botch, he went into it so quick and fluid. I didn't even think twice about it. I was like, oh, shit. Well, all right. Just going straight into the walls like he just made it work. It was great. Yeah. I mean, it was overall, it was a great match. Uh, What was your total beer count one more time? Mine was five point five. I didn't quite go to six beers because I don't feel like I'm the young bucks mark. And I'm just going to I'll rate all their matches high because I love they're my favorite tag team, like my favorite modern tag team around these days. So, yeah. Like I said, I love the super kick sale, that drool legendary, solid match, five and a half beers. And you're right, it's probably the best match on the pay-per-view. And and it's not, uh, I don't know, It's gr- I would say it's great to have an opening match that's really good that's the best. But, you know, you always want to re- remember the end of the show, but we'll get to uh, that. Oh, later. yeah. I mean, well, it's not to say that we didn't remember it, but uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, let's just keep it rolling here. There's a tons of content on this AEW Revolution card, so we're going to be knocking a couple of these out back to back. The next match on the AEW card is going to be the Tag Team Casino Battle Royale. Uh, I mean, it was decent for what it was. I liked the uh, the QT heel turn. I mean, where, where are you at on it? I really enjoyed this match, actually. I thought... Pretty much this entire match was a background setup for Reynolds and Silver going against uh, Pack and Phoenix, which was basically that final sequence. And at that point, once you got all the clustery bullshit out of the ring, the match really heated up for me. They had a lot of nice shit going on, nice sequences, lots of a couple false, false, 
I guess, toss-outs because it's not a false finish, but a couple of reversals and stuff. And Phoenix is just a goddamn animal. Like, the, running across the fucking... Uh, he did the tightrope walk kick in a battle royal over the top. And he dove through the rope. He did a tope con hero through the middle in the top rope and landed all the way over on the other side of the barricade and then had to argue with the refs that, no, I went through the middle ropes just... I'm, I'm pointing at my head right now. Uh, yeah, you can't genius. see me, yeah, but I'm yeah, pointing yeah. at my brain is what I'm, I'm doing yeah, for Phoenix sense. right now. It makes sense. But, yeah. like, and it, Phoenix and Pac versus the Young Bucks is what we're going to get next? I can't wait for that shit, but this is probably one of the best battle royals I've seen in a while. Ah, probably one of the best battle royals I've seen on AEW in a while because they actually tend to do them a lot. I went four beers. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually – I'm pretty much right there with you. I'm four beers as well. Um, I did, again, I like the QT heel turn quite a bit. I think that they actually, you know, use some of these battle royale spots to, um, further other storylines all in one match. The nightmare family can have one less member if he leaves. Yeah. I mean, the gun club had a nice like showing too. Yes. I I feel like that was, it was nice to see them in there. I agree. Those famousers from the youngest, the youngest one who looks just like his dad, Colton gun. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Colton gun. Put on a nice little showing there. I enjoyed that, and he looks just like his dad. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. It is kind of crazy. Uh, I mean, and honestly, too. I mean, for the battle royal, it's got to be hard to follow that kind of opener. And all these guys did great work. Uh, the closing segment with Jungle Boy and Phoenix was sick too. Like that was really, really good. Dude, uh, Jungle Jungle Boy and Phoenix. Like, if I could just get more of that, you know, injected into my veins and just. Get high off that for a little bit if that's possible. I could just oh, yeah. go off that shit forever. They are forever so good. Yeah, no, I fully agree. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a great showing, great exchange. And I mean, Phoenix, like like you said, man, Phoenix and Pack being the winners and getting a, a match with the Young Bucks, that's just sounds like good TV to me. So I went four beers as well on it. Let's jump on over here to the NXT TakeOver Dallas show. We're going to talk about the opening match here. Um, it was kind of a cool open how they started with like the Dallas territory and the other Texas stars, uh, very well done with the production package. what do you think about that? Like kind of intro video? Like it was very nice. It's very reminiscent of kind of some of their old opening packages. And, you know, you got the world-class championship wrestling shit in there. You got to see the Von Eriks, get a little bit of the free birds, all the, all your classic Texas people. Yeah, man. Yeah. So match number one on the card here. It's going to be American Alpha versus The Revival for the NXT Tag Team Championships. Um, yeah, Wex, give it to me. What do you think, man? Okay, the very first note that I have from this match is very fucking good because there's I can't really use any other words to describe this match because they fucking killed it, and I forgot how good this match was because, you know, it's been years since I've watched this, and even though... They were the revival at this point in my head. I keep wanting to call them Cash and Dax instead of their other names because I'm going to get them confused and start calling them the wrong name again. So I'm going to stick to the names that I'm currently using. But, dude, Jason Jordan's hot tag was just, like, he, he so good. Like, the crowd got so hyped, and he was just, yeah. even though he did, uh, I feel like he did that drop kick uh, way too many times in that match. Like, yeah. should you do that many drop kicks? Yeah, you have, yeah, you have, like, four moves. I feel like so. you, have, you, have a, you have a certain amount of number, but, you know. Yeah. Obviously, he's he he just having fun there, but dude, I it sucks watching this match and to see how like basically buried Gable was after this. Once yeah. they broke the tag team up, he'd just be nothing. Like, and yeah. then Jason Jordan broke his neck, and then 
was Kurt Angle's son, but or actually reverse that was Kurt Angle's son. Then broke his neck. Whoa, is that mm, was that like a a WWE storyline like thing there that like came to life? Like, oh, you're gonna have the Kurt Angle thing. You're gonna break your fucking neck too. <laughs> I don't know. That's weird. That's very Goodness. weird. Dude, some awesome back and forth they had towards the end. A lot of false finishes and the ending sequence was fucking sick with the blind tag and the grand amplitude for the finish. Fantastic. And I actually. I was uh, debating with myself because that Young Bucks tag team match was so good, too, and I couldn't decide which one was better. So I gave them the same rating. I also gave this one a five and a half beers because it was just goddamn fantastic tag team match. Yeah, I mean, I was OK. I'm I'm at five beers, so I not quite as much as you, because uh, I did okay. feel like some of the Jason Jordan work specifically Think. was kind of a little weird. And also there was a Botchamania champ because there was a straight up big missed move. Granted, these guys, everyone in the match was so over that it didn't really matter. I mean, the crowd was like just hooked in for sure. Uh, but, I mean, this is absolutely everything you want out of a tag team match. You know what I'm saying? Especially for, like, a rivalry tag team thing uh, that's more based on, like, emotion to. I mean, it was a great match, dude. Just, like, such a such a great hot tag, too, I had written down. I mean, damn, man. It was, it was really good. Five beers for me. Um, I can't say enough good things about it. Uh, honestly, you know, if you forgot about American Alpha, you need to go back and watch some of these matches, guys. And there, there was one really cool spot that I forgot to mention when they did the ropes. On, I mean, they did the feet on the rope spot, but he put the towel over his feet. Yeah, that was fucking sick. You yeah. never, you don't ever see that. That's a yeah. nice one right there. Yeah, I like that. I like that. That was good. That was good, man. All right. Well, speaking of things that are pretty damn good, let's move back over here to AEW Revolution. It's gonna be match number three on the card. Uh, well, before we got to the actual match, though, we had Paul White in the back uh, with a little teaser for the big reveal. Really great stuff, man. I feel like Big Show just looks um, more revived and like engaged in uh, this character and this role. And you could just—he just seems more energetic, and he is a great talker. I do. Th- I mean, I don't think we've ever really had him on commentary before, but I'm kind of looking forward to it, especially with Tony Schiavone. I feel like that could be like they could be like the hidden great commentary team, you know. Um, but yeah, great little teaser from Paul White. All right, and the next match on the card here is going to be Hikaru Shida versus Ryo Mizunami. Yes. Ah, all right. Wax, what do you think about this one, man? Uh, yeah, I like this match. It wasn't the best thing on the card, but it definitely wasn't the worst. And I knew these girls were going to put on a good match because they, they're familiar with each other. They've wrestled each other plenty of times. And before the match, they kind of gave the little video package, the backstory about how, you know, 10 years before Mizunami said, you'll never beat me in 50 years or 100 years or some shit like that. And a lot of people don't like the kind of bullshit joking around like showboating that Mizunami was doing. But Excalibur, if you listen to him on commentary like you're supposed to, they're there for a reason. He was explaining she just is disrespecting her so much. That's why she's doing that because she just doesn't think she can do anything, which makes sense. But if you're not listening to the commentary and you're just yelling and getting drunk with your boys, you're like, what the fuck is she doing? So when you watch it better when at a different light, I actually saw it a little better. And like I said, they – they laid into each other. Like they were just beating at one point they were just beating the shit out of each other, that straight classic Japanese style. But I thought it was a solid matchup. I gave it three and a half beers. Like I said, it probably could have been better if it was Thunder Rosa or Britt Baker in that spot, which I don't understand why they wouldn't put her in that spot. But I I guess the only reason is that they had Sheeta go over and instead of having her go over one of those two stars, they just have her go over another Japanese girl they know she can put on a good match with. So it makes a little bit of sense if you think about it like that. 
Yeah, this match was not for me at all, man. This was definitely the worst match on the card to me. Um, oh, I just, I just felt like it wasn't uh, engaging at all. It felt like, uh, I don't know. It, it, there was just the work rate was okay, but nothing really stood out, and there was no. They felt like there was no actual tension between them. Does that make sense? Like, it felt like they were just kind of buddies, like buddying around. Like, I don't know. It just, it didn't. It wasn't really. It wasn't especially stiff. Nothing in the nothing was super. I mean, it wasn't bad, but the and the finish was super weak too. Way too long. Like it, it took. We got yeah, way I will too say, much yeah, time. they they could have shaved a couple minutes off of it. I agree there. Not for me at all, man. Two beers is the most you're gonna get for me because I mean the work rate was good again, but it was just there's nothing there. This is the worst book division in all of pro wrestling for for the women. Uh, it makes no sense for them to be. And the role that they're in right now. And listen, I'm not even saying like, oh, well, I just don't like Japanese women wrestlers. Like, that's not the case. Like, it's just that they shouldn't be on top for the inception of your entire, like, women's division, pretty much. Outside of the Nyla Rose, like, deal. You know what I mean? Like, like I don't know. Just wasn't for me. Uh, but let's jump back over here to NXT. And we're going to talk about the next match on the card here. It's Baron Corbin versus Austin Aries. Man, kind of wild that Corbin has had a significantly bigger run than Aries did. But uh, what do you think about this one, man? Baron Corbin versus Austin Aries. Eh, I wasn't very excited when it first started just because it's Baron Corbin. But then I kind of realized Corbin just looked a little bit cooler in NXT. He necessarily wasn't a better wrestler. He was just presented better. Agreed. I guess is how I can describe it. But was significantly better here. Because, he, like I said, the ring work was not much better in this match from him. And I just wasn't very excited about this match. Like we're talking about the, the women's match you were talking about in the last one, how you weren't, it wasn't engaging to you. Yeah. This match just wasn't very engaging because like I said, wasn't bad though. Just, I couldn't get too into it. I don't know. I just Baron Corbin just does not do it for me. And Austin Aries, great, great worker and everything, but I've never particularly just been like, Whoa, I love Austin Aries. You know, maybe if he's going up against, like, Chris Saban or something, but not against Baron Corbin, if you know what I mean. Right, right. But, yeah, it is what it is. They, you know, like I said, wasn't bad work, so I gave it three beers. The crowd was not into it at all either. That's another reason why I guess yeah. I wasn't into it. We got some Austin Aries chants. That's about it. A few Corbin chants at the beginning, but it just wasn't a very hype match, so I only went three yeah. beers because, like you said, you can't downplay the work in the match just because you weren't engaged in it. No, totally. I agree. I mean, and sometimes, I mean, there's other things on, you know, both these shows that I'll that I'll talk about that aren't really my style, uh, but I try to rate them fairly uh, and try to take some of my some of my personal personality out of it. Uh, but then at some points, it just like pisses me off to a personal level, so I'm just gonna rate it based on my emotion. But this one was not the case. I just honestly, yeah, the match just wasn't very good. I mean, Corbin is, you know, and was a great heel, but Aries was honestly already kind of washed at this point. Uh, I mean, I know he had a couple more great matches after this, but it's like unless he had a great opponent, he didn't have great matches. Um, so that's that's almost kind of what I said, but without saying it. OK, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I, I feel like, yeah. With, yeah, unless he had like unless he had the, a great dance partner, he wasn't going to be able to carry or lead somebody else through, you know, to an awesome match. And the match wasn't bad. Uh, it was just also too. again, it's another case of like this is an absolutely incredible tag match that opens the show and you're following it. Um, plus with a roll up to win just made it really less impactful. Uh, I gave it two and a half beers. 
So yeah, like we're close. We're, 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 we're almost close. right there. We're close. I don't know. It was it was kind of trash. But let's let's jump back over here to AEW Revolution, and uh, we're gonna knock out these these next two matches kind of back to back. Um, man, the next match here is Kip Sabian and Miro versus Chuck Taylor and Orange Cassidy. Guys, uh, Miro is probably the worst booked professional wrestler in the history of professional wrestling, like by both companies. Like he's never in his life been booked well, never. And Kip Sabian is the most underrated talent on the card and I'll probably on the roster. Uh, and Orange Cassidy, while he is super over and I do enjoy him, is still mostly a comedy guy. Uh, and I get that, you know, this was all changed due to injury with Trent, but I don't know. It just, I didn't hate the match. It wasn't good. Um, and it wasn't too long. And Miro dominated, so that's good. So I'm going to go right in the middle. I'd say three beers on this one. Uh, where are you at, Kip Sabian and Miro versus Chuck Taylor and Orange Cassidy? I'm almost right there, almost right there with you. And like you said, wasn't a terrible match. And the fact that Miro did basically dominate and beat the fuck out of Chucky e. T the whole time. And I like the blood. I like the pre-match thing that kind of set it up. That kind of actually made it a little bit more engaging for me because he was already bloodied and busted up before they got out there. So I'm thinking if Miro doesn't dominate and kick his ass because he already fucked him up pre-match, then he absolutely without a doubt would have been the worst book wrestler in the history of pro wrestling. But the fact that he did get to dominate, do his shit, lock in his, what does he call it, the game over now? The game over. And he used to call it the accolade, which also, yeah. the accolade. The camel clutch. <laughs> the camel clutch, but accolade is actually a video game company that made the game Busby for Sega and Super Nintendo, if you remember that game. I don't. It was like a, you know, like a side-scrolling 2D, like a little platformer game. It was a... He was like a cat, and then there was the infamous Busby 3D on PlayStation. It was like one of the first 3D games on PlayStation. It's fucking horrible, one of the worst ever. They tried to do a 3D platformer like before they knew what to that do. Terrible. But Accolade is also a video game company. The new moves game over. I don't know if he thought about that, but I just did. <laughs> but I gave it uh, two and a half beers. Can't really do much more here with how short it was and for what it was. I did like Orange Cassidy's big jumping uh, orange punch from the stage, the basically yeah. the Superman punch, aka. But yeah, I'm really hoping that this, I'm really hoping that this feud is over with and Miro gets on to bigger and better things. At least get into the TNT title picture or something. No, I agree. I agree. I think that that would be best for everybody involved for this to kind of move on. Uh, honestly, maybe give Chucky just some time off and just wait for Trent. You've only got a couple more months now anyway. Because uh, honestly, he needs to hone up his craft as well. Um, yeah, so after after this actual match, we have the Inner Circle promo kind of teasing changes, uh, which is interesting. I like what they're doing there. It'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. Uh, especially kind of for a thrown-together angle, I, I will say that this whole Hardy page thing has been good. Um, but also it's a little awkward because it, you, it does feel like it was rushed and like kind of pushed together. Um, I mean, and, and the, the match, the next match here is Matt Hardy versus Adam page. It's the, it's the money match. Um, and it, honestly, it was better than it had any business being, I didn't expect it to be as good. It's definitely Matt Hardy's best in ring outing since he's been in AEW. Uh, he looked really crisp. It looked so he was surprisingly really, really good. Um, I don't I don't really give Matt Hardy a whole lot of props unless he deserves them. But, man, he did he did just an absolutely phenomenal job. 
so yeah, I mean, great work. I like the Dark Order line that's going, the storyline that's going on here too. And it has to be such a hard pivot after you lose Brody Lee, you know. So for all this to happen, I gave it four beers. I didn't go crazy, uh, but I thought it deserved a little over over average. Uh, where are you at on Matt Hardy versus Adam Page? Uh, just like you said, this match was a like basically. What'd you say? This match was a lot better than it deserved to be. Yeah, it had a. It was. I said it's a lot better than it had any business being. <laughs> oh, okay. Basically, yeah. Like I did not expect it to be like the most amazing match, but like they they went in there and they did solid work. Like they didn't do yeah. fucking a bunch of crazy high spots or anything. No, they told it was a good, good story. It was a good Matt, professional wrestling match. Yeah. Yeah, like Matt Hardy worked on his hand basically the entire match and he sold it. And you know, Hangman was pretty much fighting from behind the entire match. And that the end part with the dark order and the win and everything, like the big pop, you get the big hugs in the ring. It's all good and happy. Nice celebration. Matt Hardy finally upgraded his gear slightly. They're still the same pants, just in a different color, maybe a different material. And he's got a good old bald spot forming up top that none of us noticed until the other night. And all of us started popping for it. We're like, go ahead and buzz it, Matt. We did. We were so popped for it. And honestly, I feel like that dude needs a whole change, a look change anyway, so. Yeah, he's literally like looked the same since like 2007 to 08 TNA. Like he's, yeah. No, he's I mean, the same I mean, since like 1998, bro. He's literally yeah, had the basically. same exact hair for yeah, that you're entire right. time. You're, I'm just saying, as yeah, yeah, you're right. I'm not even gonna argue with that. There. <laughs> but great ending, great kind of culmination of the whole story. And if you watch the newest episode of Being the Elite. Hangman Adam Page comes in like the little after party celebration and he's wearing a purple like cowboy shirt. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that's a. Uh... And then they also did this bit about how they spent all of his money that he already earned. So I don't know where that's going. They're probably going to pick that up on Dynamite. But let's see. Uh, I gave this match three beers because it was really solid and great. But I don't know. Nothing really stood out that was amazing. But it was just a good, solid pro wrestling match, just like you said. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, it was a great match. Uh, again, better than it had any, any business being. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm really anxious to see how the Dark Order thing is going to work with Adam Page. It just feels, it feels like, it feels like it shouldn't work, but I feel like people want it to work. But I don't really think it is going to work. I don't know. Um, I feel like Adam Page is also one of those guys that probably is not being booked to his potential. Uh, I mean, I would honestly, I would have rather seen Kenny and Adam Page, uh, but we'll, we'll get to that. Um, the next, the next match on the card here in the NXT show though, is my pick of the, of the show for, for the NXT card. It's Sami Zayn versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, and this is arguably the best match on either card. Um, I I loved it. I mean, dude, great back and forth, smooth and crisp. Dude, Sammy was hungry still. I'm not saying he's, he's not as hungry. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think he would tell you that. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying he's not performing well. Sami Zayn is doing really well now. I love Sami Zayn, but at this point, dude, he's like hungry. He's um, trying to get that check still. Yeah, straight up. Like, yes, 100%. And Shinsuke Nakamura was like probably at the top of his game, too. Um, yeah, man. I mean, the crowd was super, super hot for it. Just great chemistry, great selling and facial expressions by both guys. You know, like these, these are guys that do these big high spots. They do the more modern uh, flowing uh, quick movement things, the quote unquote strong style type things, but they're also smart enough and and uh, you know veteran enough to like let it breathe and let let the crowd like pop and come down a little bit before you start moving into your next thing. 
Um, yeah, I mean, all all around loved it, dude. Six full six sixer for me for this one. Absolutely loved it. Where are you at, Sami Zayn versus Shinsuke Nakamura? I'm right there with you. I cracked the entire goddamn six pack and chugged them all because Hell yeah. this match was just fantastic. Just the atmosphere before the match even started, like it gave me that feeling like this is a big deal. This is fucking. It just took me back to those those old days of NXT when the crowds were just fucking off the chain, just going wild at all times. And like, it's one of the only times few times in history that the crowd just starts chanting, Holy shit. With just two people standing in the ring, not even doing anything yet. Just looking at each other. That's a rare thing. I've only ever seen that a few times. And this was one of those times. It was just one of those epic matchups because everybody knew this was Sami Zayn's basically last match in NXT. Yeah. This is his final one, and then everybody was so hyped for Nakamura, and I, I have a note here. I was like, we take Shinsuke Nakamura for granted these days. Because oh, back then, sure. him him showing up and like wrestling matches in America, and you seeing him was like, holy shit, it's fucking it's Nakamura, the King of Strong Style. Like, oh, it was huge, yeah. Like, you would only ever get to see him on those like Ring of Honor New Japan joint shows. Like, yeah. This is a it was a really big deal, and they were just so fucking hot. And like you said, like I can I can reiterate on it a little bit more, but like everything you said, like everything here, the selling, the facials, like yeah. some of the stiff strikes, like reversals, like at the very end when they were just literally beating the fuck out of each other in that little sequence with the blue thunder bomb where he kicked out of that, and then like the Shinsuke's like reverse explode inverted exploder, Shinsuke's inverted exploder suplex, I guess it is that little thing at the end. Woo! I could take a fat load of that any day. I'm telling you. Yeah, That's dude. Goddamn I mean, work there. Those boys. Yeah. Like, and I, yes. And I just know they definitely, they you could tell they were putting everything into this match. And you don't see shit like this anymore. And just the entire atmosphere, the vibe, everything about this match was just six out of six beers all day. Yeah, man. You can't, I mean, honestly, too, the, the saddest thing to me is that both guys are super over. This is in an arena, it's sold out. Um, you know, like, they're, they're, both guys are hungry. Both guys are super over. And now we have Sami Zayn, who's kind of in the title picture, but really just more like a chicken shit heel and like pretty much stays in the IC title picture. Nakamura's kind of in and out of that. Like they're both kind of just mid card guys. Yeah, like they both buried guys. Him. Like, he's the only per- dude. He's one of the only people who wins the Royal Rumble, but doesn't win the WWE Championship afterwards. Like who? Do, like come on now. How many people have have? Uh, how many wrestlers have actually not won the title after winning the Royal Rumble? Yeah, I think only like four. And wrestlers, not Vince McMahon. But I, I think, think like he's still four or five, maybe. But it's not a very not a very long list. No, no, like no, no. That, yeah, those yeah, four yeah, or five no. people who did eventually did win the title at some point in their career. Except yeah, for Hacksaw I mean, Tim Vince Duggan. Just isn't, Vince just isn't going to, I mean... Uh, I don't know, man. I honestly think that, like, with all the brands that WWE has, I think they should purge. I think they should purge some of their talent and then just go back to being the WWE and have two shows. And that's it. And then leave it NXT alone. So I guess three shows, but, like, have NXT be just NXT. Stop taking people yes, from it. and have like, just one world title, one set of tag team yes, titles. Yes. Yes. One, maybe, have like, SmackDown a, Raw as one show. It's just one yeah, show, and then maybe one roster. Yeah, maybe you could add... And that way you can maybe add like a secondary belt, like a European title or something, just to have an extra thing. Right, 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 right. And yeah. that's and then you're still not gonna have like twenty three fucking titles. You'll have See, like my eight. idea would be okay, so my idea would be like you essentially absorb all the mid card titles. So literally like so you'd have an NXT championship, 
And then you would have the WWE Championship, right? And so you'd have mm-hmm. both of those. You'd have no... Um, you would essentially absolve like the Intercontinental and the U.S. Championship. I know this is going to piss a lot of people off. But then you would also just have... So you'd have one set of tag team championships. You'd have a world title. And NXT would just have one title. Like one. No NXT tag team championships. They would have tournaments to see who could go. Uh, what about like, the women's champion? NXT women's championship, though? No. One women's champion. Period. One women's champion that goes everywhere. That goes everywhere. And then you have a TV title that can go oh, from show to show, to show to show to show to show. Never on a pay-per-view, but it can be on NXT. It could be on SmackDown. It could be on Raw. Like That alone would be just amazing. Tele- television titles are classic in pro wrestling. The only people that have one right now is uh, AEW, right? They're the only people with a TV title. Well, they have the TNT Championship. Well, they don't that, call it the TV that's title. Their, it's because that's their network, but essentially, I isn't know, that the television title? Yeah, I mean, no, it's the TNT Championship. I mean, it really I is. I guess like, so. I mean, was, so TNA, was TNA the last people to have the television title? I think it's the NWA. The NWA, like YouTube NWA, had a TV title. Oh, they did. Oh, yeah, I forgot for a little bit. Yeah. They did for sure. But either way... Now that we went on our long tangent, Shinsuke Nakamura and Sami Zayn was a banger. Go ahead and watch that one if you get a chance. It's probably the best match on the NXT card, and that's saying a lot. Uh, let's jump back over here to a match that I was super hyped for. Um, I was really excited coming in, and it just didn't pan out to expectation. Uh, next match on the card here on the AEW Revolution is going to be Max Caster versus Lance Archer versus Scorpio Sky versus Pentagon Jr., Versus Cody Rhodes versus drumroll Ethan Page. So I think we I think we had talked about Ethan Page being the guy. I gotta be honest, I'm a little sad that it wasn't Karate Man. Um, I really would have appreciated it being Karate Man. Um, but man, yeah, it just it really didn't live up to expectations. The match was really sloppy. I mean, every it's like every spot wasn't a botch, but it wasn't a hit either. Like it was like every every single little thing had some kind of hiccup. Uh, it's like they never really got the rhythm uh, way, well, just way sloppier than it should have been. It had potential to be great, but it just wasn't. And honestly, Ethan Page didn't have a great debut either. Uh, I mean, maybe it was ring rust or just kind of getting, I mean, getting thrown into a hodgepodge of a ladder match can't be easy. But I mean, I don't know. The whole thing just didn't click. Um, I would kind of like to see a Cody Rhodes uh, versus Ethan Page program, though. I think that would be really good. I think they could have phenomenal matches. Uh also, I think it would kind of help to get Ethan Page back on track after a less than stellar um, debut. But yeah, man, I mean, I don't mind Scorpio getting the win. I think it's, uh, I mean, he's a great wrestler, and I feel like now is kind of the time to give him a push. If you're gonna, if he's gonna get a singles push, now is probably the time for it. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to see what he does with Darby. I, you know, it wasn't the worst ladder match of all time, but it wasn't great either. So I gave it two and a half beers. Um, Wex, where you at on this uh, this ladder match here? It's funny that we're talking about this because I just happen to be watching this pay-per-view in the background, and this match happens to be on right now, and you're talking about sloppy spots. I looked up, and it's that real contrived long spot where Lance Archer just sits in like a tabletop position with the ladder for like a solid like 15, 20 seconds just for the powerbomb, like, yeah. That's just like you're talking about. It wasn't necessarily terrible, but like, why did he set up so long for it? And Pentagon Juniors, even though he's one of my favorite wrestlers ever, his ladder run up to Tope, and it was so like slow and just, I'm gonna lightly walk up this and bad. flip. Like, it was real bad. 
But I mean, I get it. You're running a ladder, but yeah, you're on pay per view. You're on pay per view, buddy. Yeah. And like I said, Ethan Page, probably not the best thing for him to debut in, but I get it. It's a pay per view. It's a ladder match. At least it wasn't as terrible as Matt Seidel's AEW debut. You got to say that. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah. I mean, I I, I don't know. I just have such high expectations. Another high yeah, another sloppy. Too. Just saw it. Another sloppy, weird looking spot. I, yeah, I, I mean that, that's, that's everything like, you're saying. Yeah, and none of it was like super. It wasn't full on botch. It was just like yeah, not just, good. Like just didn't look good. Um, like that backstabber just did not. It's not like it didn't connect. It just didn't look that good. And that no, just didn't look right. But I went two beers because. They tried, like obviously they went out there and just like we know, that happens in pro wrestling and it happens in lots of things. You can go out there and try and put your heart into it and sometimes it just doesn't work out. Yeah, totally. Totally. I mean, uh, speaking of, kind of if we're talking about my opinion, let's jump back over to the NXT show here. And the next match on the card here is Bailey versus Asuka for the NXT's Women's Championship. Um I mean, okay, look, the match was great. I mean, the the, belt, the the work rate was great. I mean, Asuka can go. She's one of the best women's wrestlers bell-to-bell there's probably ever been, ever. Uh, and so, honestly, so is Bailey. She's, I mean, they're both really good. Um, but honestly, it just wasn't quite as good as, like, the Bailey Banks throwbacks that we covered recently. So it, it just wasn't the same chemistry. The work rate was great. I mean, absolutely incredible. But the emotion wasn't quite where it should have been. Especially at this point in NXT where they were really doing, they were knocking it out of the park. Where it, it was both. Like, there were great matches with great wrestlers, but they also told the storyline well enough to where you were emotionally invested in it, too. And with the, like, this Asuka Bailey match was the only match on this entire card that really felt like this is just a match. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like it's an important match, but it's not like there's not as much of a storyline base behind it. Um even still, I mean, I gave the match four beers. It was a great bell-to-bell match. Really enjoyed it. But the finish was really flat. It would have probably gotten up to four and a half. Um, but the finish was pretty flat, and that just kind of caused it to suffer. What do you think about Bailey versus Asuka for the NXT Women's Championship? I actually also gave it four beers, but I didn't think it was because of the lack of story because I enjoyed this whole story that was being told here of the fact that Asuka was undefeated forever and ever and at that point still and then bailey was just in fear of losing her title and that's kind of what like that's probably why the match didn't seem the same because her versus banks are like one of those like we're both going toe to toe like move for move back and forth and this was more i feel like bailey kind of fighting from behind for a lot of it and then a lot of submission stuff and it just wasn't that same style of match but like you said it's still great work and they, they did a little bit of everything. We got a couple little top rope spots, a lot of submissions and stuff, and a little bit of chain wrestling, a little bit of this and that. But I enjoyed the finish. I liked the, the pass out, not tap out, because even though Bailey, actually, this was one of her, didn't she go to the main roster after this? Soon after uh, yeah, this? Yeah, I think so. Yes, she did. Yeah. Well, I feel like that still protects her a bit. She doesn't tap yeah. out, she passes out. You get the throwback yeah. to the Austin Bret Hart, but with stakes not being nearly as high. Sorry, the Intercontinental Championship is a little bit more important than the NXT Women's Championship. I'm just going to say that. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I don't think it's been, been around well, for well, way, well, actually, way, I, way. Okay. Oh, wait. Are we, okay. So you're saying in 2021, the IC Championship is just as valuable as the NXT mm-hmm. Women's Championship? Actually, not in 2021. Yeah. yeah I but say, yeah. I will say overall, it was. Like, 
grand oh, scheme. Oh, the grand of scheme back- of grandeur. Yes, yes, for sure. And back then it was, of course, and Bret Hart versus Stone Cold, that era of the IC oh, yeah, title, yeah, 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 yeah. is no comparison, but yeah. I get what, I no, get what you're saying, but yeah. As of right now, I will say I like what they're doing. At least Big E's the champion. I like I like the Sami Zayn Big E thing from there, but like the past few years, I don't know. Yeah, I don't well, know what to say about that one. Let's let's keep it going here. We got a uh, the next next segment here we have on AEW is the reveal of Christian Cage. Uh, and man, I remember being at your house and that was, it was massive for us. Like we all popped super hard. We didn't think that he was going to be able to, I honestly, I remember arguing against it. Cause I was like, well, I mean, edge is probably going to win the title at mania. And if I know, I'm sure if, if he wants to come back and do some wrestling stuff, he could be in the main spot in WWE. Apparently that was not the case. Apparently I think maybe he thought he could do something like that. And they were like, nah. Uh, and so he was like, well, it's kind of crazy that he wants to wrestle again because he's been out for years now. I mean, like seven. Solid, yeah, seven years. I mean, that's a long time. Like, um, I mean, we'll see. I mean, how do you feel about Christian Cage debuting in AEW, man? I'm excited for Christian Cage in AEW 100 percent because I know that he wants to wrestle, like wrestle a full time schedule, not just be some part timer. Right. He can work and like the whole his, his whole thing outwork everyone. I'm looking forward to seeing Christian Cage, like TNA Christian Cage, yeah. solid matches. Not, you know, WWE Christian's good, it's great and everything, but he put himself on the map with that TNA run. We got, I mean, this is, AW is feeling very reminiscent of old TNA, but in a good way. Not in a, a bad, like, Monty Brown type of way, like in a good way. Yeah, I no, Jesse, I mean. I know Jesse would hate me for that one, but. Yeah, no, I mean, I. I mean, I I agree with you fully. I mean, I think I think that's the case for sure. Having Christian a Cage good, here, a good Ron the Truth Killings NWA World Heavyweight Champion, that type of way, not a. Uh, I'm trying to think of another type of way. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of a ba- another bad TNA. The uh the Ding Dongs is that what they were? Oh or the God. Johnsons. The Johnsons. They wore the big the dick suits. Yes. We watched that old uh, that. Yeah, I'm just yeah, you know, not that bullshit. The good stuff, not uh the Wall. What was his name when he was in TNA? Oh God, I don't remember. We but none know of the just covered it. Good stuff. Yeah. The good stuff. I get you. I got you. I mean, yeah, to me, it definitely paid off. I mean, I've seen a lot of negative reaction about it, too. And honestly, if you thought Christian was overhyped or it didn't live up to the hype, then you're probably fresh out of pull ups. And like, I don't really <laughs> value your opinion because you're a fucking moron. Like, if you really feel like, okay, Christian, like, really? Like, oh, you mean like this mid card guy? Like, dude, sit the fuck down. Like, you, who dude, are you? Christian's like, a, mul- he's a multi-time world champion for both companies. Yes. I mean, like, it, yeah, it's up. insane, dude. Like, definitely just still wet in the bed at night. Um, I mean, dude's amazing. I'm super pumped for the possibilities. Uh, then we kind of had a, a package for this Sting uh, Team Taz thing. Eh, kind of rough. Didn't actually like the promo package. And here we are. Uh, we're going to keep it rolling here. We're on to the next match. It's going to be Team Taz versus Sting and Darby Allen. Um, you know what, Wex? I'm going to let you take the reins on this. What do you think about Team Taz versus Sting and Allen? I actually enjoyed this match a lot for what it was for a cinematic match because... I feel like these matches, I have to look at them in a different view because it's not going to be like your traditional wrestling match, so I can't really rate it the same way. So I'm rating this as I'm, as a cinematic match, which I gave it four and a half beers because of that because it's probably one of the better cinematic matches I've seen in recent memory. A few of those ones they did on Impact recently, like the EC3 Moose thing, I wasn't a big fan of that. And 
there's been some stinkers here and there. The Bray Wyatt Swamp Fight, that was a pretty big stinker. You know, one of the better ones, actually, was Karate Man versus Ethan Page. That's one of my top ones. But, anyways, this match was fantastic. The opening, I'm a skateboarder myself, I know. So, Darby Allen bombing the hills, pulling up, skitching the truck, which is actually the pickup truck of my friend Max Yoder, who does a little filming for AEW and actually helped film a part of the intro to this, but not the actual match. And wow. that's his actual pickup truck that Sting is driving. Like, how fucking cool is that shit? That's how amazing, you yeah. I know, and he said he actually got a he got a, a bat and some gloves and everything from the shoot, and he said, he's like, dude, he's like, I never thought, you know, he's like, dreams do come true, dude. I'm fucking Sting's driving my pickup truck. Yeah, hell yeah. That's so the intro, like the intro, absolutely fucking sick. Where they they're playing Darby's theme song on the the radio and the little like, I, I know Darby and Max, they probably had a lot to do with that. They're very creative, make very good. All of Darby's little vignettes, so they're done by them too. And that was fucking sick. And the match itself, like the warehouse, I kept seeing funny comparisons. It's like. It said the location was the Tony Hawk 2 warehouse. Oh, my God. That's so <laughs> accurate, though. It felt so For the correct. video game, which oh is great. Oh, my God. Then, I just know. now like, thought of that. That's so right. Like, wow. And I, oh, like, man. I mean, it was great. Brian Cage carried Darby Allen in a vertical suplex up a flight of stairs. Like, that's just next-level fucking strength right there. I love the big coffin drop, like, into the like a pit abyss, like, drop-off. I love the actual ring in there. I mean, it was a great match. Like one of the be- like I said, one of the better cinematic matches. A good way for Sting to still to be able to look like a badass without potentially like really fucking himself up. I think this works for him. I enjoyed what AEW did with this, but I'm hoping to see Sting in a real ring soon. But four and a half beers for me. I thought it was solid. Okay, I didn't go that 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 hard on it. Um, I again, like I'm not into cinematic stuff, so I did try to rate this based on like the actual appeal of it. And I will say it was better done than most cinematic matches. Uh, I thought it was actually shot pretty well. And they had some cool, like little extra things that they added to the vibe that made it unique and different, uh, which I appreciate. Um, But at the same time, I got to bring up this, this like kind of this, this side of it. I mean, if you're in Jacksonville and you thought you were going to get to see sting wrestle again, I mean, are you not pissed at this point? Right? Like, I feel like they pretty much advertised that that was gonna. They kept saying it was gonna be cinematic. So if you had that pre, I don't know. If you thought that coming in, you were gonna see Sting live. I don't know. Maybe you just didn't pay attention, or maybe you're just a casual fan. Yeah. Also, too, like we did watch it in kind of like a group setting initially, and I did go back and rewatch the show individually. And you know, in a group, it's kind of hard to watch these cinematic matches because it's just it's almost like trying to watch like I don't know like a sitcom or something like, or like, or watch a, a mo- it's like watching a movie with a bunch of people getting yeah, loud like, and drunk. Yeah. And like, yeah, was like six people drinking, like, and hanging out and talking like, that's exactly what it was like. So it just didn't, it didn't really work out as well. Um, I don't know, man, it, it's not for me, but I will rate it fairly. And I gave it three and a half beers because I did feel like for a cinematic match, like I feel like that's really fair. Uh, and they did, they did a great job and sting did look good. And Darby looked good. And, Honestly, like Brian Cage looked good. That bump that he took into the window and had like the window fall on him and the angle of it, like the camera angle they got, it looked amazing. Oh, yeah, that was brutal. Yeah, it was sick. Like, I mean, that was good. Like, you know, it it all worked out. It was it was good. Glad they did it. But not not really for me. Thank God in 2016, we didn't really have many cinematic matches. But the next match on the card here is going to be the main event 
for NXT. It's actually going to be Finn Balor versus Samoa Joe for the NXT Championship, man. And I got to say, okay, I hate the demon gimmick. I hate it. What? I hate it, dude. Because then it feels like anytime he isn't wearing it, it's like a lesser opponent or like it's not as important of a match or he's not actually giving 100%. Like to me, like you can't split up your gimmicks like that. I just don't, I really don't like that. And I'm glad that he's not doing it at all now as the, as the prince. I honestly don't think he should do it at all. Like I just, I don't, I don't think it's a good idea unless he's going to just kind of completely change and be the demon. Like if he wants to go ahead, like, and they want to use that as a run, like if they do actually ever bring him back to the main roster and he turns into the demon, but he's just the demon all the time, like demon versus the fiend, that would be cool. Like I'm into that, but you can't just, only turn it on for takeover matches. I don't know. It just wasn't, I, I never really got into that. Um, but I mean, Joe is obviously great and he definitely helped to elevate Balor here. Uh, I mean, they have great, great chemistry. The, I mean, I always felt like Balor was a little too, um, a little too fluid, almost to the point where um, I wouldn't say choreographed, but it's like there's not enough violence in it, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, it, it just feels he's almost too smooth, um, at least my opinion of him a lot a lot of times. And Joe, to me, really helped bring the hard edge and the violence that I feel like the match kind of needed. Um, and I think that I think the Samoa Joe is Finn Balor's best opponent and his first NXT title run for sure. I think oh, yeah. Samoa Joe is the guy. Um I gave it four solid beers. I didn't want to go much more than that because I feel like these guys had had even better matches than this one. Not to say that it wasn't good. Uh, it just wasn't. Honestly, after the rest of the show, I was like, this is a good match, but it's not It's not as good as Shinsuke and Sammy. It wasn't It wasn't as good as Revival and American Alpha, at least in my opinion. What? Did, where were you at on this main event? Honestly, I'm right there with you with the four beers, and it had potential to have more. But one thing that really fucked up the match for me is the ref stoppage for the bleeding. They just yeah. kept ruining the momentum. Like they get going, like oh, they'd stop, and like, dude, that would never happen in a AW match. If someone got busted open, that's like every Cody match would be stopped. Yeah, but you have to remember that, like, open. yeah, but that was still taboo in 2016. Nobody was getting bloody yeah, in 2016. I know, but he got busted open the hard way. He didn't blade, and you're you're just fucking up the momentum of the that's match. Why they're checking on him? I don't know. I, I I feel like they're trying to do that MMA UFC thing. That part didn't really bother me. I don't know. It kind of ruined the momentum for me because if they just wouldn't have, wouldn't have stopped and let him go, like Joe getting bloody immediately just intensified the match. Like, oh, oh my sure. god, he's busted open. Like he's pissed off. Like I'm ready for Joe to go in there and like do his shit, get lay his stiff shots in, get do the yeah. brutal Joe shit. And eventually he did, and things picked up. And the match itself, once they got to actually get going, was fucking great. Like, dude, I just love how the, the crowd was chanting like, "Let them bleed, let them bleed." It's just it. Made me really hype. And then we got some good stuff. We got the nice Kawada reference from Corey Graves on commentary. And I love Samoa Joe's. It's his classic sequence he does. Power bomb, transition right into the crab. Like, dude, no one I just it's unique. I've never seen really anybody else do that. He does it so yeah. sick. And in this one, he tran he transitioned right into the crossface. Like the work in this match was fantastic. Like I can't It really was, yeah, yeah. Can't, and I really love the finish, too. Like, he's locked up in the coquina clutch, and he hits the sliced bread from the corner into the pin. That's fantastic. But, like like I said, four beers because they just would just let him go. Let him wrestle. Let's keep it going. It probably potentially could have had more, but that just really took it a, took away a lot of it from me, for me. That took away a lot of it for me. I just was not <sighs> – yeah, 
could have been a little better. Yeah, it could have been better for sure. Um, speaking of things that I thought could have been significantly better, let's jump back over here to the main event. It's uh, it's the last match on the card here for AEW as well. It's uh, it's John Moxley versus Kenny Omega, and an AEW World Championship exploding barbed wire death match. Oh man. Um, yeah, you know what, Wex? You are the resident AEW guy on this show. I'm going to go ahead and let, let you have first crack at this. Okay. What do you think about John Moxley versus Kenny Omega here? Okay, well, let me say this. The actual match itself and the story and, like, the whole psychology of the match was fantastic. Immediately when they started, they were, you know, very hesitant to hit the ropes and everything. And they they put on a fucking solid match. Like, they put in work. One of the coolest spots I've ever seen from the one-winged angel. It wasn't a kick out. He kicked the rope to trigger the explosion so Kenny would break the pin. Like, I thought that was fucking brilliant. Such a good little touch right there. And the actual story of, you know, Eddie Kingston coming down to save his former friend and covering him up, like, storyline-wise, that's fucking brilliant. It's fantastic. But, of course, it gets undermined by the final countdown 30-minute big explosion just kind of being a dud. Like, it yeah. literally looked like Razor Ramon, like, Diesel fucking, like, entrance from, like, 94 with the sparklers on the fucking turnbuckles. It was, ooh, it was bad. Like, when it happened, we were all just like, what? Wait, is 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 that it? What? No, 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 that's, there's no way that's it. And we were just like, no, come on. And, like, we thought it was just, yeah, we thought it was just, like, gonna there was something else was going to happen. We thought it was, like, a joke or something. Like, we did not believe what actually just happened. And... Obviously, we saw a little video afterwards, John uh, Moxley trying to sell it, saying, like, Kenny Omega can't build an exploding thing, wing, uh, can't build an exploding ring worth a shit, which still doesn't really save it. And it's one of those things we're just always going to remember as just, like, one of the most infamous botches of all time, probably yes. right up there with Shockmaster. I mean, it's yes. it's it's yes. one of those ones. Yes. But the match – but uh, you cannot take away from the actual match itself because they okay, they, okay. Put, they put it all on the line. Like this was real bar. This was real deal barbed wire. You could see it sticking into their skin. The fact that they still went out there, put on a show, and the fact that Kingston and Moxley still tried to sell it, even though it looked like dog shit, it only got four beers for me because potentially four if everything would have went right, it could have had a lot more. But I'm okay. only thinking of the match itself and not the final. I'm only. But thinking here's my question though, like. A year from now, what are we going to remember from this match? I know what we're going to remember, but I'm still no going to remember, remember the fucking good work. No, you're not. You're not going to remember the good work. You're not. I know. I, but I'm, <laughs> but I'm, t I'm rating the match thinking about the match, not the fucking finish. But if you toss the finish in there, it takes it all the way down to just one beer. Immediately. Dude, 100%. I'm one beer. It, like, it's, like, it's like you're building this whole thing up, and then you get to the finish, and you not only did you shit the bed, you shit the bed so hard that that's the only thing people are going to talk about. Like, literally, the non-exploding ring is was more talked about than Christian Cage, and that's a problem. Like, yes. That's, you hurt your promotion Omega by doing this. Apparently, backstage was fucking furious. He was oh. losing his mind. Oh, because yeah. I would be too if I'm the world champion in this match we just because apparently oh, they tested the, the explosion yeah. earlier that week and it worked it was great but if they just said this one like just did not go off right and it was a dud like the sparkler part and the things were always supposed to go off because that that's like a thing you toss in there but like nothing else went off right god damn it it was just it was brutal like I literally no other word to describe that it was just fucking brutal and AW I mean it's not going to ruin anything it's just going to be one of those Classic botches like every company has. I mean, WWE has them. WCW has them. Every company has their signature botch. And this is going to be their signature botch. 
I mean, WCW yeah. has Sockmaster. WWE has, I mean, WCW has many. I mean, this is their first signature botch. Let's talk about that because every company has multiple Dude, signature This is not botch. their first signature botch, though. Signature, like big, like this is the one we're going to Matt Hardy getting powerbombed off of the top of the forklift, well, getting concussed, I mean, and then letting him keep going is a I legendary mean, botch. I mean, that's not the same type of botch. I'm talking about like live, like, like, I'm talking about like Shockmaster, like, uh, we coming for you, blank, uh, Vince McMahon tearing his quads, uh, God damn it, I can't think. Just, you know, like... Yes, I know. That's what I'm this is AEW finally gets to add one of those true, real-deal signature botches that can compete with the other company's signature botches. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> I mean, okay, well, all right. So now we here we are to the the end of the show. It's kayfabe comparison. It's just, it, it's, it's a duel here, so we might have a tie. Um, but honestly, if I'm looking at quality of matches, how the show has booked... Um, and how to give the right matches the right amount of time and to not overbook your show. Uh, I'm giving this, I'm actually giving this one to NXT. I think TakeOver Dallas is a better show than AEW Revolution. Um, and that's honestly not even like Revolution was a good show. It really was a good show. But TakeOver Dallas was a fantastic show. That's, that's, that's where I'm at on it. Wex, who, who wins this KFA comparison for you? It's going to be kind of hard to disagree with you there. NXT TakeOver Dallas, it's an all-time classic show. It's kind of hard to compete with that. NXT TakeOvers are always short, sweet, to the point, like you said, not overbooked. Like, if this pay-per-view maybe didn't have, like, the ladder match or, like, the Battle Royal maybe took a few of the matches out and the thing actually exploded at the end, I would have gave it to AEW, clearly. But that fucking final explosion botch is just going to live in infamy for the rest of our fucking lives. Yeah, it really is. It's a bummer, but I mean, honestly, I'm not mad at the fact that I had to watch these two shows. I mean, they were both really great. Uh, I'm really glad that we got to cover them here. Um, I think that's going to wrap it up for this part of the question show. Is the question is, though, how are they going to save or what are they going to do with this storyline of the botched explosion? What are they? Where are they going to go from here? That's what I want to know. How are they going to where? What are they going to do? Oh, yeah, I'm not sure. Like. What's going to happen sure. this week on Dynamite? Are they going to acknowledge it was a botch? Are they going to try to, like, what are they going to do? Are they going to WWE it and just act like it didn't happen and just erase it from history and just never mention it again? Are they going to yeah. Ben Wyatt? What are they going to do? Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's interesting to see where they go with it for sure. And now, I mean, by the time you guys are hearing this, you'll have already fucking known what they what they did. But, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm curious, too. I'm curious as well. But uh, next week... We're going to be doing something a little different. We're going to be covering our uh, top five best and top five worst WrestleMania matches of all time. And I got to say, like, I've been doing a little bit of uh, studying and getting prepared for this list episode. And I'm, I've had a lot more fun. Um, I've had a lot more fun being on the uh, worst side, like finding the worst matches. I feel like it's been a, a really good time. How excited are you for uh, next week's list episode, man? It should be pretty fun. I uh, already kind of know what my favorites are going to be, but I'm going to have to go through this weekend to do a little bit more research on my, I guess, not least favorites, just what's are considered the worst. I got a few ones in mind here or there, but uh, I'm going to have to really dig down into the WWE network before it comes Peacock. And uh, we have to say Peacock all the time. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, dude. Okay, what? So now there's rumors that it's not gonna be the whole vault right away. Like it's just gonna be live stuff, and then like their newer shows, like Talking Smack and Raw Talk, and like the Bump, and like all that stuff's gonna be. And then the, the documentaries too, like the Untolds and the Twenty Fours and all that. But like the Vault stuff, it's gonna be almost like it was a couple years ago, where it took them years and years to like get all the old ECW shows and all the WCW so shows. All yeah. this fucking yeah. time for us to finally get all this shit. Yeah. So, all right. So anybody who was like, oh, we don't need to buy the DVDs. Like, it's all on the WWE Network. Well, no, it's fucking not. You better get your goddamn DVDs out. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I don't I don't know really how it's all going to work out. But I do know that uh, the following week we're going to be covering WWE Fastlane 2021. And it's going to be going up against WWF No Mercy from 2001. Uh, I'm really hopeful that I'll find a way to watch that show. Come hell or high water. Uh, we will find a way to watch that show um, if I have to buy might, it might on need to Amazon go ahead and watch or it, watch it now. Watch it this week ahead of time. Yeah, yeah, I may just watch it. I may just actually go ahead and start taking notes for other nostalgia shows just so I have them for now. But I'm sure I'll figure it out when the time comes. But man, I mean, WWF No Mercy from 2001 is a pretty iconic show. Um, it's pretty well known. Um, it's kind of like the basis of um, does that or that? I guess not. Like it's kind of like the basis of where the i would say kind of where the attitude era started to end uh you know what i mean like towards the towards like the beginning of 2001 like we had that big like wrestlemania right after uh but then for me it's like the, the, the attitude era kind of ended after wrestlemania 17 you know what i mean like that was like the last big show Definitely. of the attitude era um so this is the show leading up to that and then again the show th- with this year with Fastlane being the show that leads up to wrestlemania any any notes on that one, Wex? How you feeling about doing the fast lane show versus No Way Out? I'm very interested because a lot of the times lately, when we do those old Attitude Era shows going up against a new one, you know, I'm thinking the Attitude Era shows is always going to be better, but it hasn't always been the case. But since yeah. this is 2001, that's like literally prime time Attitude Era WWF. My prime time watching that when it was at its best, so it's gonna be kind of hard to go over that. But we'll see if they can impress me with the current WWE product. WWE. Yep. Uh, yeah, man. Well, that's gonna do it for us this week. My name is Mister Know It All, Daniel John Schaefer. You can always find me at Daniel Daybreak and of course at KFabe.com. Be sure to hit that subscribe button, leave us a five star review, and actually write the review. Five star ratings are great. We really do appreciate those new ratings. But leave us a review. Tell us the show that uh, what's what's your favorite show? What's the show that got you into pro wrestling? The, the big pay-per-view that you remember? Just go ahead and just drop that in as a review, and uh, we'll go ahead and we'll, we'll shout out your name and we'll cover it and make sure to get it covered on the podcast. Wex, where can people find you? You can always find me at Wex Breaking the Lawson on Instagram. Wex Breaking the Lawson on the YouTube. We can check out the AEW Dynamite reviews weekly and. Wex breaking the on Twitter because you couldn't fit Lawson. That's gonna do it for uh, day breaking the Lawson here, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna see you guys all next week. We're out. We'll see you. Peace. Peace.